0: Welcome, everyone, to the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast, where garden nerds from around the world talk shop, share stories, and offer their favorite tip. I'm your host, Christy Wilhelmi. Real quick, before we get started, you've all been listening to us. Now we want to listen to you. Please, please, please go to gardennerd.com, that's G A R D E N E R D.com, slash podcast hyphen survey to share your thoughts with us. Tell us more about you and what you want to hear in an upcoming episode. Thanks so much. Now on with the show. This week, we welcome Ashley Thomas to the podcast. Ashley is an author, health coach, and food security advocate that you may know as the Mocha Gardener on Instagram. She grows food in North Carolina, where she shares her passion for health and wellness. Her new book, How to Become a Gardener, Finding Empowerment and Creating Your Own Food Security, I love that title, it's out now. Thanks for joining me, Ashley. Hi,
1: thank you, Christy. Thank you for having me on here. And hello, everyone.
0: I was really excited to see you speak on a panel at the Garden Calm conference that we just had. I went back and was watching all the... Um, all the panel discussions and, and uh, presentations that I missed. And so I caught yours in that after, after party, I guess you could say. And I knew right away that I wanted to talk more with you and about your passions. Uh, Cause that was really, that really came across in the discussion. So which came first to you gardening or health and wellness?
1: That's such a great question. And thank you so much for watching the garden Calm, uh event. That was absolutely fun and I learned a lot as well being on there with all of those other panelists um but which came first health or wellness or gardening I feel like they go hand in hand actually mm-hmm. um but I have to honestly say that there were crucial moments throughout my life that really helped me to understand and appreciate nature just a bit more and um gardening was kind of like a, a vessel into, to you know health and wellness through enjoying nature, but also health and wellness through growing good food that we need to thrive. So I would say that my focus throughout life has always been to live well and live abundantly, to eat well and to eat abundantly. But, you know, how do we get that? How do we, how do we gain access to eating what we need. And I found that, aha, gardening can provide greater
0: access to that. So
1: health and wellness came first for me.
0: Okay. That's, that makes so much sense. I think for me, because I was, it was when I became a vegetarian that I started really learning more about gardening because I wanted to know more. The more I learned about our food system, the more I wanted to take control over it. You know, it just got scarier and scarier out there. So yeah. Now, I've seen some of your videos on Instagram and you have a greenhouse, which is, uh, I know a lot of people want, I don't need one because I live here in Southern sunny Southern California and we don't really get a frost, but I'm assuming you do. Can you describe your garden and where you grow so our listeners can transport themselves to your yard for a moment? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I like being able to kind of paint a picture of the garden. Um, But before I I speak about the present, I like to talk about the past. Ah. The greenhouse that you see was not always there. We started out with like the little cute little Aldi greenhouse that you can just pitch up. (laughs) It's a plastic thing. And believe it or not, what you see, the garden that you see, our first, and I think it was for about a year and a half. We grew yo- use, um, We grew using that plastic little greenhouse. Mm. It was about two feet wide. Um, it was a square and it came up to about five feet tall. And I did all of our growing through that. I had the pitfalls of things being hit by the wind and the whole greenhouse falling over. Um, but I like to speak about those humble beginnings uh, that weren't really all that humble um, because <laughs> we grew a lot using that. Thing. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think that that speaks to really just the magnitude of being able to start with little or just start with right where you are. Um, and now we've moved to this 12 foot by, I think 10 by 12 greenhouse um, that we do all of our growing year round in that. Um, and the reason why we opted to go big or go home mm-hmm. is because uh, yeah, we do hit that frost. And, and typically the frost comes at about late October for us. Um, and that little greenhouse wasn't cutting it anymore. So we knew that we wanted to grow year round and not just in the spring. So we invested in uh, a bigger greenhouse. And uh, that helps us to um, not just grow uh, throughout the year, but to also grow a wider variety of, you know, tropical fruits and vegetables. And Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We drew the, the fruit trees. We keep those in the greenhouse. And it really just helps us to to stay ahead of our growing season. So,
0: and my understanding from what you describe early on in your setup, you have an acre to work with. Is that true?
1: We do have an acre to work with. Do we grow on the full acre? No, I I don't want to take over the entire yard. Mm-hmm. I've slowly just kind of taken over the space, and my husband likes it now. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, we are really growing on about, I would say about 5,000 square feet. So, you know, it's not even half or a quarter of our full property uh, that that we're growing on. And so
0: in addition to the greenhouse, you've got some raised beds and some fruit trees as well?
1: Yeah, so we've got some fruit trees growing in different places around um, our property. We also have our she shed. Uh, the, um, she- <laughs> the she shed is basically, um, I think that's about 12 by 12. Um, and we want it to grow something that we didn't have to go through the whole permitting process, but it's uh, fully solar powered. It also has the capability to be powered through, um, you know, an outlet. Um, and we use that to do all of our vegetable processing. I do all of my canning. I do my teaching. Oh, wow. A gathering spot in our garden. So you'll see the, she shed the greenhouse trees around the raised beds. Um, and now our chicken coop.
0: Oh, yay. Yes. I saw on your Instagram that you have, you had eggs coming in. So congratulations. Is that a new addition to your garden recently?
1: It is. The chickens are a new addition. It's something I've been asking uh, for, for a couple of years now. And uh, my husband finally came around to getting it and he loves them. He loves those chickens.
0: They're delightful. I think the first month I had them when we first, we've had them for about a decade now, but the first month I just pulled up a chair and just sat there watching their little fluffy butts walk around <laughs> this whole run. Yeah.
1: It's so easy to just, just get engulfed with their little activities. So,
0: yeah. So let's talk about food security for a minute. Uh, your mission is to help create food security for others and to help people create that for themselves. How, how are you working to do that?
1: Yes. So this is such an interesting discussion because sometimes when we think about food security, we, we're automatically thinking about policies and, you know, entities higher or, or or you know way bigger and wider than us, really trying to bring access to people, uh, uh, access to nutritious foods for us. And you know, being someone who has gone through or experienced food insecurity. Which means that you don't have consistent access to nutritious foods or foods that are conducive for thriving. And that's regularly. We need these things regularly. Um, having been that person, you know, I got fed up, and I was like, you know, I don't want to have to rely on someone to get the types of foods that I need. And food is very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, this experience in how we consume, foods is very personal. It's it's uh, It varies from individual to individual and culture to culture. And so I thought about, you know, how do we begin to provide access for ourselves? What does that even look like? And from my experience in South Carolina, where I watched my grandfather tend to his small garden, and I got to see food growing from the ground with our hands. And that was a defining moment for me because I said, you know, if we could grow food using whatever space we have, that's power, that's mm-hmm. liberation, that's freedom. That mm-hmm. opens doors to possibilities that many of us could not ever imagine. But I want to make that tangible and show people how to do that.
0: You have this great chart that defines the terminology like food insecurity. But you said something I hadn't heard of, food swamp. Tell me Mm -hmm. what that is.
1: Yes. So I want to speak about that chart because as I was, you know, in the book, I like to think that I am guiding individuals, friends. I like to call people friends. I like to think that I'm guiding you guys through my garden. And I want this to be very personal and, 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 and so, um, easier to understand versus opening up some type of medical article that has a bunch of different words that you don't really understand. So I thought to, you know, really break down what do these terms mean in the first place? How can we become something or achieve something that we don't even know about? Mm-hmm. So the first step is to really define that. So when you think about, uh, we we often hear food desert. But what does that mean? If we think about a desert, that means that it's kind of void of things, right? It's it's missing life. It's or you, what we perceive to be life, because a desert actually has a has a lot of life, exactly life in it. Um, but it's it's you know it's dry. It's um, not quote unquote thriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, however. Many places, I don't know if you've been in locations that have a lot of food, but it's the quality of food that I want to emphasize. So here in Alamance County, where I live, I'm in, in in Graham, in the city of Graham, that is located in Alamance County in North Carolina. And what we have here are a lot of fast food restaurants. And this isn't to say that fast food is bad for you, because I don't, that is not my place to interject that type of thought. However, if you are saturated, if there's a saturation of these types of restaurants and access to more, you know, local produce, fresh fruits and vegetables, or or wider option, uh, food options, if that's not readily available, you found yourself in a swamp. It's this place that is saturated with, um, you know, fast food restaurants or places that do not carry a high nutritional value. Got
0: it. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, so your book, How to Become a Gardener, I felt like it read almost like a diary. It's really personal. And there's a lot of poetic prose and stories that I found really inspirational. Congratulations on that. Uh, for example, you said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, that it's it's hard to grow a garden without also growing the gardener. Uh, I liked, I liked that idea. And it's something that certainly is true. Uh, What's something that you learned along the way during your journey?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought about this as I, you know, not just as I was writing, but these are things that I had to walk to. So it's one thing to just type, you know, type away or write away at something, uh, a thought, but these were lived things as well. And based upon the people around me and the growers around me, it's a, a, you know, a lot of these things are common. So one of the things that I kind of learned was just this idea of perfection, things going the way that you want them to go all the time. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> the garden and nature in general will definitely check you and let you know that Hi, you know, you didn't create me. You may be nurturing me. You may exist in me, but you did not create me. And I think knowing that and learning and having to accept that, guess what? You can't control nature. All you can do is learn it and work with it. That was the biggest lesson uh, that I've learned as a gardener. And it's helped me to kind of walk life with that mentality of you can't control everything and even the things that you do have control over except that guess what things might not go the way you expected it and how do you govern yourself from there how do you continue to be a good steward over yourself and the things that you push out into the world so that is the biggest lesson that I've learned it was rough Christy it was <laughs> But it refined me in in a way that now I view that so comforting. It's quite comforting to be able to let go of things when you need to let go, or accept things when you need to accept it. And it's just it's kind of the 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 foundation of of being a human. Just recognizing our limitations. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm gonna throw you a little curveball here. Uh, how did how did this help you? Uh except frogs oh my god <laughs> okay so
1: that's a work in progress <laughs> explain that's a work in progress okay i will say that for, and, and for anyone that's listening the the story of the frogs is outlined in the book so, Simply put, I have a phobia of frogs. Okay. And it started back in my childhood. Something traumatic happened. A little kid was like throwing frogs and uh, I had this horrible memory. And oh my gosh. I carried along with me. Um, but it turned into something irrational where I just did not want to see a frog ever. But I'm gonna be honest with you. When I started to learn, you know what makes an ecosystem healthy all of these you know the, all these organisms and their functions indicator species why they're important i began to say you know i wish i could kind of take those words back that i never want to see a frog again because not seeing them was scary and i think it it showed me that even though i may not understand something an organism's function or even if i may not understand why something exists, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a purpose. And so with the frogs, I think it was understanding that you're scary. The, first of all, the <laughs> likelihood of you licking me is very low. <laughs> likelihood of you hopping on me and just staring me in the face is very low, but you are needed. And I think that understanding or, or be, you know, understanding why you know why it's here and in recognizing and appreciating that hey you're here just like me you know i don't want anyone to wish me away like it helped me to um begin to kind of move past that phobia so now i actually enjoy seeing the frogs do i want to touch it and you know lift it up to the sky absolutely not still no <laughs> i recognize that it is very important in my space and it makes me happy when I see them in my my space, because I know that I've got some equilibrium going on here.
0: Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure out the the life purpose of fleas, but someday maybe <laughs> that will become apparent. I don't know, uh, but knowledge is power. And, <laughs> and you you talk about reclaiming your food authority, which you've already talked about a little bit, Um, by just growing food yourself, but what, so what does that look like for the new gardener versus the more experienced one? Does that have a different shape?
1: It, it, yes, it could, it really could. Um, but I I think it all goes back to why are you doing this in the first place? And that is why I wanted to start the book with defining your why Mm -hmm. you understand why you're doing something. It helps you to have a better perspective of why you need to continue it and, and how you're going to walk forward. How are you going to walk forward as a gardener in this space? you know? Um, and you become a bit more uh, conscious of how you operate in what you're cultivating and what you're nurturing. So when it comes to reclaiming I sat with that for a a while. This is around the time when I had writer's block as well. And so I spent a lot of time in the garden because I had to really work with this idea of how do you reclaim something that you never had, or how do you reclaim something that you don't know is missing? Yeah. And I began to kind of break apart that, that, that term and say, well, Sometimes we can reclaim things that are lost, or sometimes we can recognize an opportunity to actually leverage to create goodness out of things that we need, uh, things that will advance us uh, as as individuals, but also as a community. So for the new gardener, perhaps you don't know why you you need gardening, but I think that therein lies an opportunity for you to kind of claim your stake and saying, I want to grow because I want to, I want an opportunity to, 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 to really ground myself in nature. I want this for my mental health. I want this for, you know, whatever reason that may be for the veteran gardener, perhaps discouragement got you along Mm. the way. Perhaps you just wanted to, you said, you know what I've tried and powdery mildew, Japanese beetles, every pest, all seven plagues came into my garden and I don't want to do this anymore. There's an opportunity for you to come back and reclaim why you did this in the first place and start again. So I think the the authority is really giving ourselves permission to move forward and be the nurturers of uh be good stewards over our environments and also be good stewards over ourselves. There's um You know, I I bring in a lot of the, the, how that relates to food Mm -hmm. and saying that, why do you need permission to eat? What is good for you? Why do we need permission? We can give ourselves permission. So the food authority is empowering yourself to understand what it is that I need. What is it that my community needs and how do we get there? How do we go and get it? That, yeah is food authority that is authority
0: nice and i i think dovetailing into that you've already sort of talked about the idea of something you say is cultivate the garden within yourself uh that could tie into helping out others in the community or healing yourself from say trauma or something like that i know a lot of vets are using gardening as a way in to healing from ptsd uh, what, what other options, or I guess, what does that look like for you cultivating the garden within yourself?
1: Yeah. You know, when we think about, you know, taking care of things, I I'm, I used to be a caregiver. I, I'm still, I'm still, um, you know, taking care of my grandparents. Um, but in that people who are nurturers, we tend to cultivate the things around us but neglect ourselves oh my god
0: yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then that recognizing that as much effort that we're putting into our green spaces and into our communities and into others oh man we deserve all of that too yeah there are things that you know, we've got to be mindful of there are seeds within us that need to be watered. There are things that need to be pruned away. We can do that same monitoring and, and, and carry that same gentle, you know, patience, compassion towards ourselves, the way we do to our gardens. So just as we are, you know, as our gardens are evolving, the gardener has to evolve as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that perfectionism streak that runs in a lot of us uh, has to be addressed in that same way too, right?
1: Yes, big time. <laughs> <Perfectionism>. <laughs> you know, man, I, I just feel like there are always opportunities every year for me to learn. Like, hey, guess what? Perfectionism is a farce. Like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can strive for excellence, but I think the 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 delineation between going too far in excellence versus perfection is where if things don't go right, it devastates us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we've got to be gentle because you know, it's, it's a matter of like, how do you bounce back from that? It, there's always a lesson to learn in the things that don't go well, or the things that don't go as planned. If everything were to go well, we're not really learning, are we? So that's just, you know, my two cents and things that I have learned along the way. And I think it
0: resonates with a lot of us gardeners. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, it is tip time. Do you have a favorite tip you'd like to share with the gardener audience, Ashley?
1: Yes. Um, I, there's a, there's a term that I use in, in, in the book in syncofa, And the reason why I, why I I take that term so, uh, why I take that term to heart is because I'm constantly thinking as I'm moving forward, I always want to be mindful of my past. I always want to be mindful of where I come from, but also who's going to be coming up behind me as well. And uh, as i am moving and learning how to grow food and and doing things out in the community a lot of community work and doing things and and research because i'm uh you know also studying nutrition um, i'm also thinking about the greater community what is this impact on my community not just the legacy uh, and not just my ancestors but you know, how does this impact those around me as the same, you know, at the same time? And so I want to, my tip to, to those is, you know, in all the things that we do, be mindful of the people and the things around you. Um, be as you are being a good steward to your garden. Your garden is your community. Your garden is your family. Your garden is yourself be mindful of those things as well. So uh, there are many very practical garden tips in the book, um, but I think, you know, sometimes we neglect ourselves. And I think that the more recent times have helped us to realize that, yeah, we've got to
0: focus internally. So
1: yeah,
0: that's a great tip. I have this piece of paper. It's actually an envelope that's folded and pinned to my board my corkboard right next to where I'm sitting. And it says, build community around solutions. And that is something I need the constant reminder of because we're all trying to solve our own personal problems or the problems of the community around us. But we forget that other people make the job easier. You know, getting in, in building that community and finding solutions within the community really makes all the difference in the world. So thank you for sharing that
1: absolutely and thank you
0: yeah well thank you so much for being on the gardener tip of the week podcast how do people find you
1: yes um so you guys can find me on social media uh facebook um uh, you can find me at the mocha gardener um and on instagram you can find me at at the dot mocha I think you can just type in the Mocha Gardner as well. Um, And uh, via email, I love one-on-one connections with people. So I like to chat with people in my DMs. Um, uh, I just, I really care about others uh, growing um in all aspects so if you ever have a question a gardening question i'm more than happy uh to discuss it, or even if you just want to say hi hi i'll wave back to you so i welcome you guys to to please connect with me on social media and uh, of course through my book which is on amazon or re- major retailers right now uh, everywhere
0: books are uh, sold
1: yeah everywhere that books are sold thank goodness and um, Yes, I look forward to, you know, just connecting with some of you uh, who have been listening to the podcast.
0: Excellent. All right, garden nerds, you'll find a link to Ashley's book, How to Become a Gardener, this week on gardennerd.com we'll also post links to her instagram feed and her link tree so you can cultivate your inner garden even more that's it for this week subscribe to this podcast on apple podcast or wherever you listen visit us for tons of free gardening information at gardennerd.com show your support for this podcast and the other free stuff on garden nerd by becoming a patreon subscriber you'll find us on instagram and twitter under garden nerd one on Facebook as gardennerd.com, and of course, our Garden Nerd YouTube channel. Happy gardening!